Multiformity, noun, the quality of being made of many different elements, forms, kinds, or individuals. Join me, McKeeba Garraway, as I explore the what's, why's, and how-to's of home education. Hello, and a very, very warm welcome to episode four. Welcome back, if you've been with us since the beginning, and if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome, and I hope you like what you hear. If you enjoy today's show, please do go back and listen to some of the other interviews. Uh, This is a show about home education in all its different forms. For people who are seasoned home educators themselves or new to it or just curious and want to find out more, if you like what you've heard, please, please do tell your friends. And even better, you could leave me a review on iTunes because that really helps people all around the UK and around the world to actually find the show. Um, one of my good friends, Ayana, has been kind enough to leave me a review. Um, Ayana Witter Johnson is a fantastic uh, singer and cellist working on her new album, so I'm going to link to her stuff in the show notes. Make sure you do check her out. So, since the last show, uh, I have actually unusually had quite a busy social calendar for a change. Um, yes, I was on the Real Deal radio show, which is on pulse88.co.uk. Um, And I talked uh, with the host, Alexis Alexander, for a good hour about home education, uh, answered calls from callers, answered emails. So hopefully I can get the recording of that show um, and leave it in the show notes. What else have I done? Yes, I went to a fantastic uh, first birthday event hosted by Motherhood Reconstructed. Again, I'll link to their um, website in the show notes. Um, And actually, funny enough, the guest or one of the guests on today's show was a panellist. It was an event titled uh, Raising Excellence, talking to four excellent mothers themselves, um, just about different ideas of what what excellence is and how they've applied it in raising their children. So yeah, I really do just have such an amazing show for you. I know I say that every week, but I really do. B Manzini was the first uh, home educator that I ever met, uh, and you'll hear the story in a moment. B is a poet, a writer, and a journalist for the British Blacklist. She has made several poetry short films that have been shown around the world, and she's working on her first feature film. She curates the Caramel Film Club, which screens and supports the work of black actors and directors. And also she's a workshop facilitator who specialises in creative writing. She's also a qualified uh, complementary therapist and a running pacer for Virgin. So, like, I don't know how she juggles all those plates, but she does. Um, And of course, it's no wonder then that she's raised and educated a very, very successful son, um, Jamal, a.k.a. Eclipse. Jamal has been performing since the age of 11, publishing his first poetry collection at the age of 13. He's won multiple awards and poetry slams and competitions throughout his teens. He is now a poet and MC, and we are lucky enough to have one of his tracks written about his mum for our musical interlude today. And the track is really, really so touching. You'll hear, you know, how he's mastered his craft um, and really you just get such a lovely, intimate portrait of his close relationship with his mum. So Jamal was home educated for several years on and off at key points in his adolescence. B and Jamal uh, really were pioneers. You'll hear that from today's episode. Um, certainly home education wasn't such a, a well-connected scene back then. Uh, this was pre-Facebook days. Um, but you're going to hear how his unconventional education has given him a really broad set of interests and a very, very wide social network. So yes, let me stop talking. Um, I just want to ask you once again to open your ears, your eyes and your minds as you listen to B Manzini and Eclipse.
first of all, I need to tell our meeting story. And I think this is one that um, B and definitely Jamal probably don't remember. But I um, went to a picnic. We had a mutual friend who had a birthday picnic in the park one day. And um, I must have been just finishing off medical school, like 23, 24. And uh, we went to the park and Jamal was there. And um, we somehow got talking about the fact that he was home educated. And I just remember being like, wow, like, this is a thing? Like, I, who knew that you could just not go to school? <laughs> I didn't Was that in an England T-shirt that day? I don't know. Yeah, yeah in you, Hyde Park. Had, and I, had it was, I think it was Greenwich Park. Oh, OK, yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, yeah, Jacob's. Yeah. Yes, 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 now? yes, I do remember yeah. that, yes, 100%. So, so, yeah, so I was talking and, um, and I, I can't even remember all the things I was asking, but it definitely flipped a switch in my head that made me think, oh, wow this is a thing I like you know it's amazing and then here we are years on and I you know after going through lots of exploring lots of alternative educational paths for our children we decided that was what we wanted to do mm-hmm. so um I really just yeah give you kind of thanks for kind of opening up that possibility for me you're welcome and uh yeah and and I guess the moral of that story is that you just can't ever <clears throat> um underestimate the importance of like casual conversations chance encounters that you literally years down the line can have impacts 100%. um just really important to always be mindful you know that you never know where your words or your actions might mm. might lead so it's, it's amazing amazing so yeah thank you for being here um so really, I wanted I wanted to start with Jamal actually, especially because and actually, is Jamal okay or is it Eclipse? Because I know your artist name is Eclipse. Whichever you both. prefer, it's all good. Okay. Oh, I'm with my mum, so you can call me Jamal. Okay. So. Cool. <laughs> cool. I have a brother it's called Jamal too. So oh, sweet, it, sweet. it comes naturally to me. Hey Jamal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jamal. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so Jamal, I, I, it's it's great to hear your voice because so often we hear we talk to parents who are doing the home educating, but not the home educatee so um, I'd love to hear like kind of your version about um, I guess your journey uh, what your experience of school was like when you were young Uh and and how you felt about home ed if it was a joint decision if it was led by mum like how how did it come about Uh, well it was it was it was an amalgamation of things Mm. obviously when I was like in year six I was really bad at English right and I'm my mum being a single parent and, you know, get, getting into the poetry more seriously would take me to, like, um, poetry workshops, either shadowing her or when she's going to rap. Mm-hmm. So it was like poetry became a really important part of my life. So when it was me being homeschooled, she definitely decided that I was going to be homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, this he just held, held my arm at that point. She definitely made that decision. It was, it was definitely her decision to yeah, make. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, poetry just became a fundamental of my life, I guess. Like, yeah. So I could say I had a really liberal and fun home education because it was kind of like learning through doing things and practical things and, yeah. and life, you get me? The old yeah. used to be still, I still read books yeah. and still had to follow like, that certain level of syllabus and curriculum. Yeah. But like, uh, the large majority of it was like really fun learning, to be honest with you. Yeah. So it was a lot better than I probably thought it would be at the beginning. Yeah. Um, tell me, but so at the beginning, when Mum said, "Okay, I think we're gonna do this," what did you say? Oh, no, no, I went on it. <laughs> <laughs> I went on it. I was like, "Nah, nah, just ripping me away from society. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready." But no, it, it turned out to be epic. Like, like especially because I had 
intermittent homeschooling. So I, I was homeschooled for year seven and half of year eight. Okay. And then I went back into school. Yeah. And then she homeschooled me for half of year nine into like the early stages of year 10. Yeah. So I had a really mixed education. Yeah. But I would say the most progressive parts of that were definitely when I was being homeschooled. Yeah. Uh, like my mom taught me better than any school ever did teach me. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was cool. It was cool. Oh, I've oh, never heard smiling. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so and, and so tell me about the in and out nature. Like what what at the end of you know halfway through year eight, how come you went back and? Um, I just think it was just practicality. Like in terms of my mom dedicating five years mm. to be at home every day. Mm. Like. And feeding me and clothing me. Yeah. And feeding and clothing herself and making sure the house stays over our heads, you get me? Yeah. yeah. I just think it's a lot it's a lot to do, especially for a single parent. Yeah. Like, so I went back into school. And that was interesting because I there was I'd say there's things that I learned from school that I couldn't have learned being homeschooled. Okay. Like, like what? Like what things? Like talking to people my age. Okay. I think from a young age, like being so involved in the poetry scene. Mm-hmm. Only until I was like like maybe in like year nine. Like, sorry, not well, year nine, I was homeschooled. But, like, year eight, going into year nine, mm. that's when I kind of, like, started establishing my own friendships. Yes. Sort of thing. Yeah, because before it was mum's circle of friends. Yeah, even mum's circle of friends or school, innit? So, like, then I started establishing my own friendships, which is really interesting for me because I kind of did that a lot later than everybody else. Yeah. Um, how, did cool. you, how did you find relating to other kids your age? Like, after hanging around kind of adults more, like... Oh, how, it was difficult. Yeah. Very it, difficult. Like, how? Like... I didn't know what to talk about. <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't have no swag. Yeah, you get me? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know no slang. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was like a retro kid. I, I was I was an 80s baby and a 90s baby's, baby's body for a little yeah. period of my life. Yeah. It, was, it was wild. It was wild. So it's a, a steep learning curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to yeah. readjust quickly. Quickly, yeah. quickly. Like, girls weren't talking to me when I was like, I was like, I was like it was crazy. <laughs> and, yeah, that's funny. But then I remember mum was talking at this event we went to this mm. week about code switching. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe it kind of um, helped you though in your ability to be comfortable around adults. Hundred um, percent. Like, like I can, you throw me in any context, yeah. in any space. Yeah. And because my mum's such a versatile woman in terms of the things she does in the social circles that she's always interacted with. Yeah. I can pretty much interact with anyone of any age. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, definitely had its perks about that. And I think a lot of people have. Um, you know, concerns. One of the first things they ever talk about is is socialization. Mm-hmm. People talk about home ed, and mm-hmm. and I think like the other thing to remember is that you were um, home educated in like well last decade now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Or, or like, how old are you now? I'm 20? 23. I'm 24 in July. And it, and I'm very aware that it was a really pre Facebook era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and now like us like home educators, literally so much of our social side yeah, comes through things that are online. raised through Facebooks because there's mm. online groups, you know, every home ed social group has like a Facebook page mm-hmm. and then there's even just just online communities, but a lot of it is using Facebook to say, Who wants to come on this trip? or let's, yeah. you know, sign up for this, let's 100%, go and, and everyone can meet and up. Everyone and everyone can meet up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think that's such a beautiful thing that mm. we have now. Yeah, um, we never yeah, we never had that. So no. my mum used to like she used to put me on a lot of courses. Yeah. So I had to lie about my age a lot because they were daytime okay. courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jamal, why are you baiting nah, that thing? Because no. we, we made it through. We must we case, we must it. case, we must <laughs> case, we must <laughs> case. I'm here now, 23, now I'm going to say that. We must case, you get me? What, to case. say that you were older or younger? Older, oh. because a lot of courses, especially during daytime, I'm supposed to be in school at right. So I was, eight, like, even though, like, I would be around people of her age, which yeah. was cool, I also got people that were, like, 
10 years younger than my mum. Yeah. You get me, that I'm around and, like, yeah. getting to know or whatever, like, like so I've got a real, a real wide spectrum of age mates yes. or, or friends of different ages, rather. Yes. So, yeah, I'd say my mum always made sure she changed it up. So I was fortunate in that sense. Yeah. So I know some people just would have had a book every day and just yeah. read that for five hours. Yeah. And that's cool. I never yeah. had that. So I had a really varied and, yeah. and nice experience, to be quite honest with you. Great, great. It was intense, though. It was very mm-hmm. intense. Yeah, what you mean, spending all the time just with each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad, yeah. it's mad, it's mad, yeah. it's mad. Especially, like, being, like, an adolescent. Yeah. Uh, an adult with less sense. Like, it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What have I love it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit bad. It was a bit bad, I'd say. But I'd say it was, it was definitely more beneficial than anything, yeah. especially pushing through all the madness. Yeah. Because no one, I don't think anyone, there's very few people like most people that I know that the homeschooling thing or that are doing it now are doing it with young children. Yeah. Like primary school before they go into secondary school. Yeah. Like to lay the foundations. Whereas I went primary school, so it was like the second time I'm on homeschooled me, I was like, yeah, nine, so I was 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Like, so those are the those are the mad years. Yeah. Like those are the when when children just go mad. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the hormones so, play habits. Exactly. And I think a lot of parents are happy with the fact that they get uh, seven hours a <laughs> yeah. day they can push their kids to somewhere else and they got peace and, at least until they come home. Yeah. Whereas my mom never had that. So yeah. it, was a bit, it, was, it was intense. But yeah. I think our relationship is better for it. Good, to be good, yeah. good. And, and so let, let's kind of rewind and hear that from your side of things, B. So what mm. was like um, the lead up? You know, what, what things did you like about his primary school experience or did you not like that made you think actually... Let's do something different. Well, it was interesting because we always we've, we've always lived in Newham. Yeah. But Jay, but Jay went to school in Snaresbrook actually, and prior to that, he went to a private school, a small okay. private school. Yeah. Um, Just uh, educate me. I'm not a very like East London literate, so where does where Snaresbrook? Snaresbrook is kind Redbridge. of Wanstead, Redbridge, Redbridge area. Oh, okay, Essex. so more Essex way. Yeah. More yeah. Essex okay. way. So Newham is obviously you know Stratford, your Forest Gate, East Ham, Manor Park, that Forest, kind yeah. of yeah. you know Olympic, the yeah. beginning of the Olympic area yes. and then it's further it's further out so um, after going to, to private school I managed to get him into this really good school mm-hmm. in Snaresbrook but he was the only black boy in his class mm. and you know that presented its own kind of issues and I had to it's really interesting I mean you know this as a mum it's really interesting with primary school that you're always going to pick up your child so you have quite a direct interaction with the teacher on a mm. daily basis mm-hmm. and feedback from your child of how things are going and there were some challenges for him mm. you know um he was being bullied the teacher that he had for his final year um had absolutely no faith in his abilities and I could so clearly see how mm. bright and gregarious and everything that he was and I remember that you know the last parents meeting that we had, and she said to me, "Your child is failing in English, and there's nothing you can do about it." She looked me dead in the eye, and mm. I said, "Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. We will see mm. about that." Mm. Um, so it, it 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 was that that really got me thinking about what is my part 
in all of this. And, you know, I'd always done stuff. I'd always enriched what, what he was doing. It wasn't like I left it yeah. to the education system. Yeah. I was at that point, you know, teaching other people's children. So I was I was very aware. But him being away from me so mm. much of the day, there's mm. only so much you could do by the time you come home, have something to eat. They've done their homework. You know, it's yeah. day done, really. Yeah, yeah. you don't from, get any quality time, really. They're tired, exhausted. Yeah. Um, so in terms yeah. of that kind of quality time and then for me juggling all of the other responsibilities that I had I didn't have so much time on the weekend he wasn't mm. necessarily with me he might have been with my mum for example or yeah. my sisters yeah. so it was about you know me really looking at, at my role um, in things and then he got <laughs> he got um, a number of schools that I, I wasn't happy with so for secondary for secondary school yeah. so you know that thing where you have preschool these schools were pre-jail they really were wow. they were just horrendous spaces and you know I, I took it yeah a lot, a lot of people I don't know went to those schools right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. it's so sad it's so sad yeah. so I mean yeah. we actually went to one of the schools that is was much better now we actually we, well went to the assembly and that was the moment that I remember and I was like oh my gosh what it this around. is it, it was just horrible no it was oh, it, at the time at I mean now time. it has because I've actually taught there which oh. is why I'm not kind of naming it yeah because yeah, they put food on my table but <laughs> Um, at that time, I remember going to the assembly and just looking at the behaviour of the boys in there and thinking, yeah. this is abysmal. Yeah. So I was like, this is not for my child. I took him out. And to be honest, at that point, I just knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so especially being a firstborn child, a lot of my parenting has been experimental. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it just yeah, has you been. Just, you just do, do what you as you go. Yeah. As you go. But yeah. I thought about what skills do I have? What can I offer? What do I enjoy? How can I make this as as broad and as deep as possible? All of that kind of stuff. And with all of that, obviously, it made sense that I kind of had a curriculum that focused on him producing stuff, on him having a really holistic education. He was I was always aware that he was a keen aesthetic learner, mm -hmm. as well as auditory and as well as visual, but that it, it was important for me to incorporate that in the task that I was setting. Yeah. So one of the things that I did was I, I said, you know, one of your assignments is to, to create a poetry book. Mm. That's an assignment. Yeah. So he that he was published at 13. Yeah, that's in fact, when in that going back to that story, when I met them in the park, you had just published your first book. And I was like, super impressed. Like, whoa, I'm 24. What have I done? <laughs> he's 13 and he's just published a book. I was like, whoa. Yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, and then I started looking at things like submitting him for different competitions where he also had to do more writing and what yeah. have you. And he just began, began to win a plethora of awards. So yeah. from everything from um, there was a competition run by the mayor where he got a laptop. I got two laptops. Because I won those two parts of categories. the two, two categories and I won both categories. Wow. Um, the John so, Betjeman Awards, um, Four Young Poets, the list goes on and on and on. He was just really heavily awarded. So that was really nice. And it mm. was, you know, to be frank, it was a finger up mm. to the teacher who was. Mrs. Smith! <laughs> Who said that he's going to fail? There's nothing mm. that I can do about it. And also, as well, you know, you've got to remember at that time the context was nobody was home educated, no. and certainly no. not a black woman from East London. Yeah. So you know, even to be fair, like lots of my friends and family members didn't understand it. No. 
Um, but what I did have the benefit of was the organisations that I worked for had no problem with me bringing him in because I was generally teaching his age group. Yeah. So life kind of worked out well in the sense that I could be teaching him alongside Sorry, other, yeah. yeah, other other young people. So his network. I mean, people think my network is big. His <laughs> network is really? outrageous really? because he's he's visited all of these schools yeah. and had relationships with. Yeah. these young people yeah. in the context of being a fellow student even though he didn't go to those schools yeah. people still remember him because yeah. they remember him as you know the poet's kids yeah. yeah so it it's really interesting um and then because he started performing at a young age yeah. that's a whole nother level of network yeah. as well as my poetry literary friends and all of that kind of stuff yeah. so i'm quite jealous actually yeah. I'm like, i want a <laughs> mum like I me <laughs> <laughs> Having a bait mum is it. Has fuck still. My mum's a bait face. She's a bait face, trust me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, and also, uh, you, I understand that you went to school in Zimbabwe for a little while. Is that right? Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? I yeah. forgot about that. Rah, so but... tell me about that. That was mad. See, I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie, just seeing youths get beats on the daily was wild for me. Like, wow. I was like, rare, this is real. <laughs> they were really nice to him. They were like, English like, boy, had, we'll leave him. They had a cupboard full of different sticks of different widths and densities. Oh like, and it was like, pick one. I remember that vividly. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> vividly. But see that? That made that, that's, I don't know, that. Like, I think it, it just, it, it brought a certain level of, it made me realise that, like, the level of privilege that we have over yes, here. Yes. In terms of, because, Especially my mom having shadowed, like, like got, well, having allowed me to shadow her in certain workshops and schools and whatnot. Yeah. Like, some of these little youths are a bit, a bit mouthy, and I'm like, rare, like, back home, you would have yeah. just got one, one lash, just shush. And, like, we really, like, take for granted the fact that we can just go to school, like, and, and we're like, not going to get hit by the teacher. And we're not going to get hit by the teacher. We don't yeah. have to walk five miles to get to school. Like, yeah. Like, in the heat. In the heat and yeah. sweltering heat and then carry loads of books without a bag. Yeah. Like, all the way back to school. So it, just, it was really, it was really, like, an eye-opener for me. How, how pl- old were you then? Oh, grandma had just passed, seven. so seven. Yeah, seven, seven. Oh, seven. young, young. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Time. yeah, yeah, I was about seven still. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I still remember it. I still remember it. And everyone there is like like five years ahead of us in terms of education. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I was doing GCSE maths. I think that was part of the reason I was able to do my GCSE, my maths GCSE at eleven. Because mm. like having gone there, I was like, my maths is this a madness over here. Yeah. And when I'm coming back to the UK, this is light, like it's light work stuff. Like, yeah. like they do algebra from like young. And you and it's funny, isn't it? Because you always see like when they compare our GCSEs to like what, I don't know, Chinese kids or any other kids do when they're like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, serious. Why? And, and I wonder why that is. And, and part of me, you know, thinks that it's probably just to stretch out the length of time. Like, literally, because kids are in school from when they're, I don't know, three, That's compulsory to be 18. Yeah, it's 18, 18 now. 18 and it's now, like, yeah. actually, there's no reason why you need to be 15 before you can learn this stuff. Yeah, right? not at all, not at all. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, literally to kind of, I would say now, kind of waste kids' time. It's, yeah, it's literally yeah, yeah. a waste. I you think there's so many so things done to waste yeah. kids' time. Even, like, like obviously, university is amazing like in terms of, like, going and learning what you want. Yeah. But I just feel like the way it's presented and the, and, the, and the fact that it doesn't, it's not necessarily, like, a gateway to 
a career necessarily. Yeah. It's like it's a waste. Of, like so many people I know that did their degrees and even spent an extra year or an extra two years to ensure they got their degree. I'm like, but what did I do that for? Now? Yeah. Because now I have nothing to do or I don't know what to do or there's yeah. not there's nothing for me to do. In that field. Yeah. So it's it's plus crazy. Plus I'm in debt as well. Yeah. Plus yeah. I'm in debt. Yeah. Uh, plus yeah. it was the most stressful three, four, five years of my life. Mm. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. It's absolutely crazy. And I guess that's I guess that's why I, I dropped out of uni. Yeah. So I guess that's why, partly because of homeschooling and me having such a wavy childhood, yeah. that I kind of I don't really stick to uh, the traditional way of doing things. I'd rather yeah. do things how I want to do them because I've always yeah. had more success in that way. So, so did you like the way you learned at home? Was it very like Mum would give you bits and bobs to do, but did you also kind of follow your own interests and things that I get a list of stuff to do? Yeah, and they had to be done by the end of the day. Yeah, otherwise school is not over. <laughs> But however so, you went about it was but, up to yeah, you. pretty much. Like yeah. obviously if it was like I need you to write three poems mm. or three haikus or I need you to read this and then give oh sorry, sorry, what's <laughs> happening thing. I need you to give give me uh, read this and then give me some form of comprehension or essay about this, that and the other. Yeah. I could do that in whatever way, whatever form I whatever way I wanted to study it. Yeah. Like that was cool. That yeah. was fine. If I want to watch things on YouTube, I can do that. Like, yeah. If I want to read stuff, I can do that. So it was cool. It was yeah. cool. Yeah, it was cool. And 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 also mum's talked about and also we heard in your track, um, mm. that you uh, have dyslexia. And, and tell us about how that journey came out. And, and I'm so interested in it, especially because so much of your um, education and also your life now revolves around words. And, yeah. you know, like, how, how did it show itself? I, uh, it didn't. I didn't know I was dyslexic until I was 18. Right. So I basically finished, well, I was just finished school when I found out I was, yeah. I was dyslexic and dyspraxic. Like. Yeah. Um, so I only actually got the official certification that I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic when I went to university and sat yeah. the test. Yeah. So I didn't know it this whole time. Yeah. I've been doing everything for years without knowing that yeah. I'm dyslexic or dyspraxic. So I, it doesn't really affect me. I just think no. it's just interesting. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, is that what category I fall under? Like, yeah. or, or how you can categorise me or, or a so, label you can attribute to so me. So since you've like read about it, like, did any of the things stick? You're like, oh, yeah, that is what happens with me. Uh, you know. Yeah, kind of, but it's like everything... It's almost like, like the problem I have with Western things, everything is a diagnosis. Mm. Like everything's like, okay, this is a problem. Mm, exactly, yeah. Whereas because I didn't know it was a problem, it was never a problem for me. It was just like, that doesn't work with me. Like yeah. learning things in particular ways doesn't work for me. Exactly. Or I know, for example, if I'm reading a book, I might have to keep my thumb on the page because I might lose what I was. Yeah. Like little things like that. But that's not a problem for me. That's yeah. just how my brain works. And when you're allowed to um, work in the way that suits you best. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. But if you're made, but when you went back into school, did it ever um, was an issue? Or? Yeah, in school, I, I always got in trouble in school, mm. like because I wouldn't pay attention. Like when it comes to tests, I didn't finish, mm. and that was I only found out when I hit my A levels that I needed more test time simply right. because I'm dyspraxic, so I write slowly. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, with everything like that, I used to get in so much trouble in school, mm. like yeah. so much trouble. It's got to go to the stage. Mum's was just like. When you get to the school, please just stay out of trouble. That's what we're saying. Just stay out of trouble. I don't care about the work. Just yeah, just, just stay, stay out of trouble, please. Please, please. Because when you are in a, an environment that's trying to force you to do something, yeah. me, I'm I'm a rebel. Not a rebel, like, I just do things in a sense of, I, I like don't want to... Do I like way. to do things my way. Mm. Especially if I'm the one doing it. Yeah. And I'm the only one doing it. Yeah. So, when it comes to school, when it comes to certain things, if, 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 if I'm not connecting with you, I'll just be like, I'll turn off. Mm. So if I'd probably, probably if I'd been in my school, like been in school from like yeah reception all the way through, mm. I probably would have got kicked out of wherever and ended up doing whatever because there's no school that I was at 
in se- well, from secondary school that I was there for longer than a year and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it. So, well, I, was... <laughs> I think so much of it is about conformity, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a, a lot about learning the subject. No, no, it's, it's about, about trying to make everyone uniform. Yeah, make you all the same mm-hmm. and then do and obey and yeah. you know. It, it's really preparation for work. Yeah, like, like uh, that's or like, for a nine to five. Yeah, for, like for a, that kind of yeah. work, for that yeah. conventional way of working. That's what all, like every every teacher would say it to me, and I never really understood it. Oh yeah, we're preparing you for for the outside world world mm. for life when you start working. Literally. And mm. I was like, what? What is this? What it is? And then when I did get a job, yeah, like I was like, whoa! It's literally this is. Literally, where it is. Really? Like, where I work now, I look at it. One of the first things I said when I got there, I was like, this is a school. Really? You have the good kids. Yeah. And you have the bad kids. And you have the cool kids that kind of get away with being a bit naughty yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And you get me? They sway in between the two. Then you have the non-socials that just don't talk to anybody. Yeah. And then you have the foreign batch that only talk to themselves <laughs> and they talk in their language. And they're not trying to bring nobody in and just say hello yeah. and keep it stepping. Then yeah. you have the hierarchy. Yeah. And the way authority flows down here is crazy. Some yeah. people get some people get allowed because they're so and so's favorite, and yeah. some people don't because they're not so and so's favorite. Yeah. It's literally a school, so it, yeah, it's literally that's so that. interesting that you got that perspective straight away. Dipped in and out, yeah. Kind of dipped your toe in the water. And you're like, no, no, thanks. Yeah, it's not for me. It's not <laughs> okay. for me. So, so I guess well, I mean, with a creative mum anyway, mm-hmm. it was always going to be probably that you were going to be more of a creative or, yeah. you know, the, the, the way that you were educated. I never, I never always wanted to be a creative, though. No? No, what no, no. What do you no. still want to do? I wanted to be a plastic surgeon after watching Cow and Chicken. There was an episode where Chicken was a surgeon. I remember I was like six. <laughs> What's Cow and Chicken? You don't remember Cow and Chicken? You don't remember Cow and Chicken? You don't know what's Cow and Chicken? Are you a star? My, my Jamal might remember that. Cow, I used to love Cow and Chicken. How old is he? So he's 27 now. Yeah, yeah, he'll know Cow and yeah, Chicken. Cow and yeah. Chicken was hard. I was going to watch Cow and Chicken was hard. And um, Dexter as well. Yeah, Dexter. So I thought about the end of it. I love science. I was always good at science. Yeah. I was always good at science. Yeah. So yeah, them things had a real interest for me. And then um, I wanted to be an architect at a time. And then I thought about being a chef. Yeah. So those are like the four things that I really thought about. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, I'll just write too many lyrics. Like, let me just let me just stick on this pen and paper thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. really me. And, and B, what, what was it like when um, you had kind of subjects that weren't necessarily your strength? Like he says he loves science. I don't know mm-hmm. how, how was that for you? Like, um, did you kind of let him lead or just kind of were you there more as a support? Or did you learn the stuff first to teach it to him or... How did that go? It was actually a real mix. So um, I think I had to be really honest about what my capacity and capability were. And I'm I'm really fortunate that, you know, I did have support. And where I had support, I had it well. So my sister, I mentioned in an earlier conversation, you know, she's really great at science. Um, She did a science-based degree and, and, and she's a dietitian. So she helped a lot with the science stuff when he was there at weekends. Great. Um, and then, as he was saying, I would put him on courses for different things, like yeah. he did astronomy at the Royal Observatory, mm. which is a lot of fun. I love that. And actually, my husband and I have eyed that up for ourselves. We yeah. want to do yeah. that, and the kids when they're older yeah, as well. It's fun, it's fun, it's fun. Really my, my mom's not stupid, isn't it? So, like, yeah. it's like, in terms of that's the thing, that's, that's what also made me realize how easy, like, teachers. Not have it, but mm. in terms of a lot, like the answers are there, isn't it? Like mm. in half the books that we read, the answers are there. So mm. in terms of checking my answers, even if my mom's not necessarily the greatest at the subject herself, mm. she would do enough or know enough to be able to be like, okay, mm. I can see that you understand this to the degree enough to get what you need. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, yeah. No, homeschooling was cool though. It was all right. But I think that you know it's a case of teachers having teaching difficulties, not mm. students having learning difficulties. Yes. Mm, I because love that. yeah, I, love that. I had no clue 
that he was dyslexic and dyspraxic. It literally was, okay, I know that he learns better in this way. Yeah. Let me model it to fit what he, what needs. he needs. And yeah. it's it really isn't difficult because otherwise I, I would have got him tested yeah. at some point. Yeah. And that it never, ever never came up. Out. It never came up. It was never an issue. It was just in schools. I mean, he he was he was a cheeky lad. So <laughs> just... <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just in terms of like him being in trouble and things like that. I, I, I also think that often... I think with black boys, they have a hyperactivity mm. that An isn't... An energy that's different. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and it isn't understood. And I'm saying yeah. specifically hyperactivity because I actually do believe that their capacity is greater. Mm. I actually do. Mm. I mean, you look at studies and you will see that at younger ages... Black children are excelling. They'll walk earlier often, you know, to, you know, in terms of just the motor skills from babies. Mm. And it's quite well known that Afro-Caribbean children walk earlier. And yeah. will talk earlier and will read earlier if they have access to books and mm. all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So when I'm saying that hyperactivity, I'm not saying it in a bad way at mm. all. Mm. I'm saying that they have this capacity. Yeah. And when that capacity isn't being used, it's a problem. Of yeah. course yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a waste of fuel, it's a waste of energy. And then... They don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, he was um, really intolerant to sugar. Mm. So he literally would be climbing the walls, actually physically. And, mm. you know, I was one of the few people that could actually get him to sit down and eat a meal yeah. even or, you know, do something like that. Um <laughs> But even in that and that process of understanding, oh, actually, you know, sugar and different foods send you that way. Yeah. That was about me understanding him as a person, as a personality. Yeah. And I think that that, that is the key to homeschooling. You've really yeah. got to understand your child and, and yeah. what their their needs are and then try and provide it as much as you can. You know? and, and that's the, the opportunity you get, isn't it? Through spending so much time together is really understanding. I remember um, you were saying about uh, just getting a, a holistic understanding of each other as people, not just how he is when he gets home from school between blah, blah and bedtime. Mm. It's like you get to see him in the morning, at lunch, in the afternoon, what he's like when he's tired, what he's like when he's annoyed, you know, all of that. Mm. And the same for you and mum. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Knowing when to... <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I know. When's a good time to ask mum for this <laughs> and what's not a good time. I'm just going to wait till... All of that. We'll um, talk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's really important that children get to see... <coughs> That I think it's really important that children get to see the whole gamut of their parents because yeah. I often think that there is there is a distance that isn't necessarily healthy in mm. terms of their perception of what it is to be an adult or yeah. what it yeah, is 100%. to be a parent. Yeah. Because often, you know, I think children think, that, oh, their parents are God. Oh, God they yeah. never get tired. They never get stressed out. Mm. They, nev they never have emotions. needs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They don't have emotions, all of that kind of yeah. stuff, because they're projecting this thing. And you can project that for yeah. two or three hours, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're seeing them for that amount of time. But yeah. you're not doing that in a 12, 14-hour day. It's not happening. No, no. It's, it's about the... Especially as well from like a lot of African and Caribbean backgrounds, it's the idea um, from that like you are absolute authority as a parent, mm -hmm. and that's something that like a lot of us have had to like work through. Um, especially if we are exploring alternative type lifestyles, to be like uh, to make yourself a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more open to be like, actually, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always right. You don't. You shouldn't just do it because I say so. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you should be able to have a little bit of pushback, and and it's finding a happy medium, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it between the more kind of authoritarian 
um, way that some of us were raised and, and something else. No, 100%. I'd yeah. say that's, I think the reason that like, homeschool is definitely the reason that me and mom are cool now. Like yeah. to the way that we're cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't think we would have been. Yeah, you even talk about that in the song that like, any girl that comes along is going to have to be cool with mum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's no one that knows me like my mum. Not even, I don't even think people's, people that I know their relationship with their parents, they don't, they don't know their parents that they know. Mm. Like I know my mum mm. or vice versa, you know what mm. I'm saying? So, like, like it's, I think it's key. I think it's key because mm. now it's like, I've been around my mum for days of my life. Certain people have never done that. You've never spent the whole day, like literally the whole day with your yeah. parents. And it's not necessarily a day, like, so, I mean schooled children will have days with their parents at weekends when it's like oh, okay we need to go and have some fun now okay yeah. um, let's go on a trip let's do this, and do this but it's just those days just those normal just those days, days. Just, oh, we're just at home today or yeah. let's go Sainsbury's or let's you know mm. those days like the not necessarily super fantastic excellent yeah, you know nothing, doing all the shiny normal, things just normal, just normal days, days in each other's company is, is one of the things I love you know very key yeah, yeah definitely very, very key. and I was studying um, at a portion of his home education yeah. So, you know, he would come to university with me. He would sit really? in, yeah, he would sit in my lectures. Then we'd go to the library. He would do his work. I would do mine. I had deadlines. He had deadlines. Do you know what I mean? So he saw me as student too, yeah. Yeah. Um, not just as teacher. Yeah. So when I say he's seen like the full gamut of stuff, you know, he used to go to the gym. Yeah, take yeah, him with me. Yeah, we've grown together. Mm. That's, very, that's very cute. We've mm. worked together in terms of even commissions and poetry stuff, been to festivals together. Performed together. Performed together. Performed like together. Work, developed pieces together. Mm. Yeah. We developed yeah. a show called Generation XY. Okay. So, yeah. Half an hour long. Wow. Yeah. And then we, we got to perform it at the Summer Sunday Festival mm-hmm. and then we brought it to the Theatre Royal, which is fun. We were asked to do it again. Mm. Um, that was a good while ago. But, yeah, it was it was fun to kind of have that because we were looking at the differences between our generations Mm. and some of our experiences but then also realizing some of the similarities and to do that in an artistic way yeah was lovely really really lovely yeah i can imagine and it's more and it's deeper than just the conversation right because like when we can we're thinking about so many things to compare and contrast between us that it's like oh i didn't even know that that Mm. was really like you related to that in any way shape or form Like, like what like like even like my mum being from the ends like, yeah. like, like excuse I, me wait a moment <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't know about that my mum was raised in Forest Gate like, yeah. but I never really think about it but, well before I never used to think about it because I'd be like oh yeah it's my mum innit like, yeah. like these are just your random you don't, friends you don't think you about your mum having a life before you yeah yeah you don't yeah. think about when she was a teenager like, yeah. like you don't think about that any of that, any of that context. My cycle was on point, let me tell you. Let's get a couple of pictures. Tell us a little bit about your background. So you said you're one of five for your mum, seven for your dad. So tell us about your growing up. So my growing up was hectic. I mean, it was a it was a three-bedroom house with seven bodies in it. So it was a lot. It was, I need the bathroom and that kind of stuff. Um and also, yeah, kind of being responsible. I, I had a baby sister, so kind of being responsible for her um, a lot of the time, which was great because when I became a mum, yeah. I totally just you like, to it, yeah, it was yeah. in my stride and, and I could see when I was in the hospital other people struggling yeah. at basics like changing a nappy. And I was yeah. like, oh, I got all of that down and I knew about breastfeeding. Like nothing was yeah. strange in that way to me because I'd observed it and I'd been part of yeah. her growth. But um yeah, so growing up in East London, it was really interesting. I mean, 
two Zimbabwean parents. Um, my my mum was a beautiful, lovely woman. She's not with us anymore. Mm. My mum was one of those people that kind of taught me about that phrase that Michelle and Dicello says, be simple like a flower. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, be simple like a flower. My mum was the epitome of mm. that. Just you, you just live, you know. Um, you talk about what you need to talk about. You get over that and you move on. You celebrate what you need to celebrate. You get over that and you move on. She was mm. just, everything was very clear mm. in her consciousness. And um, so growing up with a mother like that, who was hardworking, um, she was really loving, was was a beautiful thing, mm. divided up amongst all of us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But yeah. I had my special time with her and, oh. you know, all of that kind of stuff, and, and she was beautiful. And then, and then my dad was a really interesting, because he was very different, very yeah. fiery, um, a little bit more unpredictable, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. So it was that kind of thing of, wait till your father gets home, yeah, but yeah. in Debella, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so he was very much the disciplinarian, but I, 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 I really, it's really odd because I really valued having two parents, mm -hmm. even at a young age, mm -hmm. and maybe because I was in Zimbabwe for a number of years and I used to hear about my dad, right. so he was almost this mythical mm. creature. It's like, yes, we're going to see your father. So you father. came to join dad who was over yeah, here. Yeah, he I was see. already over here. Yeah. So so having both of them in the house was was a, a, a really, even at that young age, I mm. had a real sense of the, the magic of it. Me and my siblings, it was, you know, we used to dance to the, the Nolan sisters and, you know, pop songs in the living room. My brother used to play the music. He became a DJ for a while. Um, I always used to love to dance anyway. It was a real kind of hustly, bustly kind of space. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Sometimes I would walk around the house and say, nobody loves me because <laughs> nobody would like listen to me reading yeah. on a task that I would have to do yeah. for school or something like that. But yeah. yeah, it was it was it was a really interesting space. And culturally, having the the duality of a lot of Africanisms, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and then walking out of that space and mm -hmm. having to code switch yeah. and having to be like, oh, yeah, now I'm just like your average East End kids yeah. and yeah. this is how I've got to manoeuvre and understanding that I had to do that. Yeah. But also having so many different personalities in the house, like in one house, yeah. I had to deal and navigate with all of these people and I think that it really actually set me up to be in the world and be comfortable with a variety of yeah. people. Yeah, and what was your experience of school? Like, How did you get on at school? School was um, fine for me. I was kind of teacher's pet. Okay. Yeah, I was, I, I remember in private pri pri school, primary school, mm. in primary school, I was definitely teacher's pet and I would spend a lot of time in the classroom outside of school and what have you um and then when I got to secondary school it was a little bit more difficult because I loved English but I had an English teacher who really didn't like me oh. so I would write all of these stories and I would hand them to her and I was just like this really and I still do it now as an adult I was like really naive and thought that if I wrote a story good enough yeah she would finally see that me yeah and I yeah. still do that as, yeah, <laughs> as an yeah. adult I'm still like just love love everybody <laughs> eventually <laughs> they'll get it yeah. eventually yeah, yeah. so but but she never did she didn't and I remember actually I had these and now looking back I had these really wonderful stories I've actually still got a play oh. that I wrote when I was like 
13. Oh, wow. Um, but all of the rest of the stories in my disappointment, I actually destroyed them. They're all handwritten in pencil oh and what God. have you. But yeah, so it was really, really well, difficult. Well, she'd always say what it wasn't good enough. Or... She, there was always be something wrong. I remember I wrote this, this story about a really quirky, weird mother. Mm. And... Um, she was just like, yeah, you're 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 just overexcited all the time. Your imagination and all the rest of it, rather than seeing wow. the positive in it, wow. or she'd just be like, it's weird. <laughs> you know, there was she just didn't get what I was doing. I guess. But I guess that's kind of shows even from a young age. Like, you know, we were talking about conformity earlier, and there's like a, some teachers, not all teachers, some teachers mm. are just like this is the way that you need to be, or this yeah. is the, the kind of work you need to do, and anything else outside of that is not acceptable yeah. you need to stay in your lane and you know robots and, and how it just it makes me sad to think how many children have been put off like thankfully you did go on to have a career that right. evolved around <laughs> English but how many other people had that potential and and didn't because of a, a word that from a teacher yeah most definitely but interesting that we both had English situations and we both had yeah. have overcome them yeah and you know carved careers in yeah a really wonderful way so amazing Could ever teach me that my black skin be the ink on the earth Show me how dyslexia could really shape and move words Let me know I am her gold, I am her only and first Mum, I've got to praise you But first I'm praising God for gifting me a visionary as I cradle Spiritually aligned because your light is so divine Be so pure, it never blinds Just the glow that inspires From young I've been in awe, amazed and admired And I'ma keep on grinding till you're calm and retire You've been shining so strong for oh so long I could never see you flicker in my eyes If the world took you, it'd be dim inside my eyes Soulless, not coping, lost in the motions Tied inside my eyes, I'd be lost in the motion Asking God to keep your wings, I'd need the angel that he's chosen How am I supposed to fly without you beside I? You've always carried me in life from when you carried me with life to when you left my dad behind it was best just you and I even when I hit the roads and you were stressing deep inside you tutored me at home we performing loads of shows poetry from flowetry your words are all I know similar both get our chips with the salt both vinegars both sneak toffee popcorn in the cinema memories from time been in trouble time to time after grandma left it's like the rage just came alive you're the eye from my hurricane the safe I find inside But my mother be the sky to my life There is nobody above her If I ever get a wife She's gonna have to be alright with you Being omnipresent in all aspects of my life The embodiment of God without me being the Cause I ain't nowhere near your grace To show the world that you're divine Turn water into milk for the conflicts for hard times And I know that it was hard You made it softer cause you tried And I know that wasn't planned You made me feel like I'm a blessing Even with the lazy eye You make me see things they disguise as glamorous to average One day I'ma have all this for you I'ma make your dreams come true what you sent me here to do But there's a penthouse suite With a matte black coupe I'm a grind till I die Your happiness I pursue I'm a slave to your pain Vicariously It's scary to me Because your debts are overdue And that's true Even with the satin there in my shoes I will do this all for you You're a soulmate Show me my soulmate Watch when you're watching Soul Plane And chilling to some whole train In your own plane That's the only goal I can only cross the bar Because you always chose the post Right next to me Gave me your empathy I know that my dad could never be the one to steady me Cause I'm a mummy's boy That's great She's the world to me brother I would die in her place Yes 
I'm a mummy's boy that's fine Wouldn't pick another her even in another life, no I'm a mummy's boy that's great She's the world to me, brother I would die in a place, yeah I'm a mummy's boy that's fine Wouldn't pick another her even in another life, no don't mind to explore a little bit about just for you how it is how it was being a single parent and Mm -hmm. how that came about and and what made you um because I guess what I can imagine from your song is that uh, when you said mum chose to like not be around dad anymore so is that was it your decision and to go with Jamal or it was a road man. That's the bottom line. <laughs> so it was, it was that that that's the to encapsulate it all. I mean, I grew up in East London. Yeah. I had a variety of personalities around me. Yeah. Um there was something, to be fair, there was something about him. He was Nigerian. Yeah. Um, spoke fluent Yoruba. His yeah. family were very proud of their Africanness. Yeah. And being Southern African, it was actually something that I hadn't seen. Because we're quite subdued. We don't have a national dress, mm. for example. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're softer in mm. our approach, mm. just in general. So I was really enamoured, mm. interestingly enough, about the cultural perspective. Mm. And him and his friends opened up this whole world that I hadn't experienced because mm. they were first-generation immigrants. They mm. weren't even, you know, second or anything else. So... To be fair, that was the initial attraction and fascination. Mm. So how, let me look look at him. Yeah. He's a handsome, handsome. boy. <laughs> Not allowed to the podcast. He's a handsome boy. So, you know, we, we, we're a good combination, at least yeah. genetically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was just going on a different path in life and I was yeah. trying to better myself and yeah. he really wasn't. So I I needed to make a decision within myself of whether I was going to have somebody um, around and in Jamal's life who was detrimental Mm -hmm. um, and it was stress-inducing or I was just going to do it on my own. And that wasn't a light decision. That was after, um, you know, we had broken up and he was not showing up. And, you know, I would say to stuff like, Jamal, you know, your dad's coming and blah, blah, blah and all the rest of it. And he was still Mm. young, but Mm. he got a sense of it mm. um and he wouldn't show up mm, and the incons yeah and yeah. the inconsistency of that i just played it out in my head and i was like what is that going to say to him about what family is what yeah. commitment is yeah. all of that kind of stuff i don't want that to be his exemplar of what it is to be a male yeah. so what i'm going to do is i'm going to give him other examples and lots of them yeah so that he can see what it is to yeah. be a man that turns up for your family yeah um and that's that's exactly what I did and you know situations and circumstances meant that they didn't end up having a relationship at all that wasn't my plan Mm. um my my plan was definitely access but access when it made sense yeah 
but eventually it didn't make sense at all for him and and you know he stepped away and has another family and all of that kind of stuff so mm. it was it became really yeah it became more complicated and more complicated as time went on and as a result they they never really had a relationship or mm. had that connection it's, it's so it's something i hear, hear from people especially single parents when they ask me about home ed um, that's some something of a barrier they often think. I know it's not because, you know, I, I know lots of people who, who manage it, but um, they kind of think, oh, well, uh, like, how would I work? How would I, you know, so that becomes a thing. But I guess you then just find a way around it or, you know, um, change career. You Did you mm. actually have to make a change or were you already in this creative field and no. it just worked with your life? Yeah, I was I was already, I'd literally just started um, being a poet in education actually. Okay. So synergistically, it was absolutely perfect. Perfect, perfect timing um, yeah. for me. So I didn't need to make a lifestyle change that I wasn't already prepared to do. Yeah. I, can, I, I can actually really understand for somebody who, I mean, often when I'm speaking to people, even just about freelance life, they're really scared not to have a consistent income. And I get that. If you've got a mortgage and you've got, you know, you want that consistency in your life, I I do understand how it can be fearful. However, I think that if you really want it, like anything else, you make it work. Yeah, you make it work, definitely. Can you be, I know you wear many hats, so like we'll pursue the things that you do. Okay, let me start (laughs) at, I guess, the, the part that we've sort of, spoken about already so my background in writing is poetry yeah and then I kind of got into theatre oh god there was a time I was writing song lyrics Mm. then I am now um, also a journalist so writing wise I've kind of done quite a broad spectrum of different things as a performer I've done everything from pubs to festivals to going abroad with work etc and then there's the stuff that I was also doing to support other people. So apart from being a poet in education, a writer in education, I was also the continuous professional development coordinator for the Arts Council. Mm. Um, I was the community ambassador for Africa Beyond. I've worked with different organisations in order to build up their relationships with different communities, all Mm. Mm. arts-based, for a number of years. So I would kind of jostle in between doing my own practice and facilitating other people and their journey and their practice. And I think I've always done that in my life in in some shape or form, which takes us to complementary therapies. So Mm -hmm. Jamal was a very um, poorly child Mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. So I first got into complementary therapies really to try and help him with his asthma. Mm -hmm. Also had eczema. Um, And then I started exploring and... Now I'm qualified in massage, um, anatomy, yeah, anatomy and physiology, reflexology, Reiki, various things. Wow. And then in terms of my other creative areas, so um, I've just started with film mm. and I've just started making poetry films specifically and it's just one of those wonderful serendipitous things where my films have done really well and been abroad and been part of different festivals and been nominated for awards and all of that kind of stuff it's been a real magical journey actually really lovely and out of the out of that I've also been screening 
other people's films and the work that, that they're doing. Yes, so I've in, been seeing that on yeah. social media. Yeah. So everybody from UK independent filmmakers to doing screenings for, you know, Hollywood films, as long as they have black actors black actors and black directors within them, I'm I'm willing to support. And obviously they're quality films yeah, that yeah. I enjoy. I always try to have the film and then have a conversation together and yeah. breaking of bread too because yeah. I think it's really important for communities to do that yeah and um yeah so the name of the the organization is Caramel Film Club yeah. little plug oh WW. yeah no we're gonna have a whole yeah. plug <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug away it's fine caramelfilmclub.com um yeah. it's free to register and join and I always work towards getting discounted tickets and things like that because yeah. my thing is about access yeah and, you know yeah. cinema ticket prices can be 18 19 pound oh, a pop who's, who's got money for that with the family as well yeah, mm. a couple like, both, you spend like 100 pounds by the time yeah, you get food, food and, everything yeah. I'm just like so taken with your confidence that you you need to like put yourself out there because literally you earn money from yourself. It's not from mm. like going and working for a company and stuff. It's like, I don't know, it's just really interesting to have to kind of sell yourself and put yourself forward and I'm the product here and I am going to add value to whatever it is you're mm. doing. And, um, you know, I wonder, have you tried to kind of specifically pass that on to Jamal or is that something that you got from mum? Like the, the, the kind I of the hustle? The, I find it hard to sell myself, I'm not going to lie. Really, yeah, really, yeah. I find it hard to sell myself. What, are you just um, like naturally shy or...? I wouldn't say shy. No, he he very much finds it hard to sell himself. I've got to say it because yeah, you're she, not gonna. She, <laughs> she's always been doing it. it. I yeah. think I think that's the thing because like, it just some, comes so naturally, doesn't it? Yeah, like she's, like she's wow. she, I don't know how she does it. I, know. Me <laughs> I find it mad. But I I think that Jay definitely underestimates and less so now. But I think that you've always underestimated your talent, like you as a brand yeah. and where you sit in the world even, mm. the world that you're in musically, mm -hmm. where you sit within your genre, they're really, and I'm not saying this is your mum, I'm saying this, if I was looking at, you know, becoming an agent mm. and taking you on board, this is genuinely what I would say. There's nobody that sits where you sit. There's nobody lyrically as a grime MC or even hip hop that has the content mm. that you have. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it's, it's not there. So I, I, I think it's really interesting, but, there's something about, in general, people often don't see themselves as they are. No. And I, th I think that's a human trait. Yeah. It's very, it can be challenging to see yourself from the outside. And this is why I'm like, in an odd way, even though I don't have a TV, I would love to do a reality TV show mm. and I would love other people to do to it because you, you would do. you would yeah. actually get yourself and see how you locate in the world yeah, in, yeah, different, in different situations. On Honestly, <laughs> it, it's useful. It. It, I think it's a useful tool. If you yeah. go in with that mindset and you're like, I'm going to learn something about myself, yeah. I would actually do it on that basis. Jamal, would you home educate your kids in the future? Um, I ain't got no kids. I know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I was to have kids, yeah. I think it would depend on what age I am and, and what I'm doing at that stage of my life. Like, yeah. I think I would only do it if I could fully commit to it. Like, mm. like, but I would I would want them to go to school. I think I'd probably be on a... I'd either home educate them at the beginning of... Of, of primary school or mm -hmm. at the beginning of secondary school. Those okay. would be the times I'd do. Okay. I think those are the ideal times because especially once you hit 14, 
Because when did I go back to school when I was like 14, innit? Mm. Oh, that was a nightmare. That was mad. That was mad. <laughs> that was mad. It was mad. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's that glitch. Yeah, we're going yeah. to keep that off the podcast. <laughs> that was mad. <laughs> but when I did go back to school, I feel like I'm very well assimilated into society now. Yeah. I feel like prior, like, I feel like year nine is a real, that's the yeah. rocky. Make or break. Yeah, yeah. Make, literally make or break. And because my mom took me out of school for that year, it kind of subdued me from all the madness I was kind of willing to do and did. Mm, yeah. So, then going back in year 10, it's like a little bit of a while, but I feel like by the end of year 11, I'm fully sociable with people my age. Like, like, yeah. like again, mm. I know loads of 15 and 16-year-olds and mm. I've seen enough people the year below me, the year above me, and all those things there. So mm. I feel like in GCSEs, it's important. Plus, the fact of me getting all my GCSEs, that was just, we had to make sure that I was in year 11 just to make sure that it all got done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, that re-entering into school just to get... Because you already had... But you already uh, had... Two. No, you had you had your English qualification. Oh, yeah, the same guilds, yeah, yeah. You had um, maths. Maths, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you had three, three at that so, point. Yeah, yeah. So, so you had to a lighter the workload than everyone else? No. no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Like extra subjects instead of the ones you did? Yeah, like I, I did ICT and RE. Okay. Like, yeah. My mum has made life so easy for me in certain things. Like, I take things for granted. So I didn't have to revise. Like, mm. things like that. Like, not because I'm, like, a brainiac. But mm. just because, like, I think working in the... Having been homeschooled, mm. I knew how to teach myself certain mm. things. So I would go into school, I'd be like, this is dead, man. I don't need to do this. Like, and yeah. then I would... Whatever I need to do for me to... Rev- not necessarily revise, but pick up what I need to pick up at that time, I can do it. And it's, it's information that's retained for me. Yeah. So in terms of me homeschooling myself, as you, so homeschooling my children, as you yeah. asked, I would only do it if I could commit at least that much. Okay. Because mm. I, feel, I feel like I don't feel like something can do half height. Yeah. But it's interesting that you're saying about retaining information because if you watch Jamal, he's mm. a fidgeter, you probably noticed. Mm. He fidgets all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So in a classroom setting, yeah. he's always getting into trouble. Yeah. yeah, yeah Why are you always. fidgeting? Why are you not listening? Why are you not. But, do you know what I mean? But that for him is how he listens. Like, he, right. Because he's keen aesthetic. That's another reason about education. Like, it's always labels. Yeah. Like, you're in set one. Or you're in set five. Yeah, and what does that do to a child like, as well? Like from when you're six, seven years old to be like, oh, you're in the bottom group. Yeah. You're not good at that. I, when I, used to, I remember one time I got kicked out of my set and they put me in the bottom group. Mm. And even at the time, like, man was like, oh, you got to go to the stupid youth class. Like, mm. And we go there and man are just sitting there like, fam, I'm stupid anyway. I don't care about school. Like, yeah. literally, like, man, like, up. like, and these are certain, some of these guys, like, they're not dysfunctional youth, so they haven't got any of these labels, yeah. like, in any way, shape, or form. But yeah. they just couldn't be bothered. They're like, oh, I'm in the dumb, I'm in the dumb youth class, I don't get so no GCSEs, so I don't about. Yeah, and, and it's crazy like it's crazy so for me it's just like it's none so of that sad. stuff matters like how to internalise that mm-hmm. and, then, and also when you know not everybody has that support at home No, what, some people don't have the people telling them no you can you are or that internal resilience yeah. some people's know? parents don't even know so like some people, some people are just sure. coming home and like, how was school yeah it was cool yeah, and they're, they're going upstairs <laughs> and they don't even know like they're just having dinner with their parents they don't even know that there's, their child's in bottom set and has been in bottom set for three months and ain't done homework ever since since your last parents even yeah. like they have no idea yeah. so yeah it's mad well don't even show up I mean it's really interesting when you observe a parents evening yeah. and you observe who comes, who doesn't, how yeah. busy each teacher is, mm. who go. you know what I mean? Because even, like, when you're looking at the room, 
English teachers and maths teachers, the cues always really, we've got to speak yeah. to those, got to speak to those. Yeah. And then they're not really mm. bothered about, oh, it doesn't matter about Ari oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. They, they're sending like really big. Yeah. So if you're that child who's not so great at English or maths, but and you're amazing. excelling Everything in Ari and art or whatever else, that's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't totally. matter at all. Totally, and certainly there's a hierarchy, isn't there, of what are considered the important subjects. Yeah, mm-hmm. even when you try and do your master's, the fact that some, obviously it's to pay for whatever you need to pay for, but the fact that some things cost more, like, mm. because they're deemed as, like, better subjects is madness mm. to me, like. Mm. Like, it's madness to me, it's insane That's still, yeah. That's true. Um, I know it's so hot in here and we're, we're not, we're not much good. longer, but there's one really, really important thing I wanted to touch on, um, which was about social services and their involvement, um, because this is a, a major thing in um, the homemade community. And you see it on all the Facebook forums, is like, the local authorities coming to my house, what do mm-hmm. I do? And everyone's like, don't let them in, or, you know. It's just, kids <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? um, you know, there's this real, very tangible fear about... Um, in- interference from from local authority and mm. some people have quite good experiences with their contact in the authority and some people have horrendous experiences and I know that you had a really tough time so yeah what happened well for me I mean we're talking you're 24 now so in terms of time scale we're initially talking what 12 13 mm-hmm. years ago right mm-hmm. and at that point it was just it was just the thing that people really didn't do and people that were like me in my borough certainly did not do it at all Mm, mm. whereas perhaps if I'd been in Kensington and Chelsea it might have been a little bit easier I don't know Mm. but I really remember clearly getting some information in the post when I informed them that he wasn't going to going on to secondary school about what his room had to look like it blew my mind yeah they said you have to have a desk that is so and so long just say it was a meter a meter long and you know the other way a meter whatever the the mm. you know dimensions were mm. they were really specific on this sheet i don't even know if i've still got it. I probably haven't mm. they had this the sheet of things that you had to do wow and it was so bizarre to me i was like why are you telling me From what, the council, was yes yeah. what has to go on in my home yeah and they would they would do scheduled visits and they would also do random visits. Mm. Um, they would look through his work, look through his books, talk to me. I don't know if you remember some of the talks separately. They would talk to you separately. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, I'm cool, fam. You got to worry about me, bro. I'm chilling. <laughs> was it, was it, was it, um, did they present it like this is the law and you have to? It was a have to thing. It was yeah. always a have to thing. Do you know that it's actually not? I don't know whether that's changed oh, well, or, no, the, the, or the, it's always not been. No, it's always not been, but it's they present it like it is, like they have to, you know, they have the right to come to your home. They don't. Right. Um, some parents are very um, uh, hands-off and like, I, I don't want any contact, um, but the, the m- most or some people let have a once-yearly visit and that can be wherever you see. So if you want to meet at the library, that's fine. They don't have any right to come into your home and judge and say this needs to be like that and so, because they don't do that for school children I mean yeah, yeah, of course. No, people go don't. to school and what business is it of anyone's what your bedroom looks like yeah, yeah, or, of course, of course. Um, but again I think it's uh, reflective of like you said the, the attitudes that people have people think it's weird people think um, and certainly you know alright from a medical background I can kind of understand some potential safeguarding issues mm. um, if people are children are off the radar of, mm. and they're not being seen um, but 
on the most part, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of people take their kids out of school because they are more invested mm-hmm. in the child, mm-hmm. not less invested. It's easier to send your child to school. school. It's so 100%. much easier yeah. because then you've got you've got the whole day. It's easier yeah. to go to school. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do you think? Like, yeah, 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 100%. What goes to school? I just got to make the hours go by. I come home. No one knows what happened. You just kind of coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. chilling. Like, that was me at school. My mom knows. I've always, my mom would always say to me, you're such a coaster, Jay. Because yeah. I, I, I never cared about school. Yeah, like, never, of, I, was, I never had that more level than of engagement. He had to. Yeah. I never did any more than I have to. Yeah. If it's like you need to answer the first five questions and there's 20 questions there, I might five. answer the sixth in the last five minutes <laughs> out of boredom. Like that's that's the kind of in school, yeah. especially because I'm like the mom said I'm a fidgeter, so yeah. I just get I get distracted, I get bored. Like I'm like mm. this is dead. Like mm. so in school, yeah, but I'm in school. Yeah, I passed. Yeah, I passed that mock exam. Was it's not enough that they're gonna call my mum mm. to let her know. So I go home. I'm not telling her. Like it's mm. cool. Like yeah, I got a C, but that's calm. That's a pass in it. That's mm. cool. Yeah, I had an exam. Yeah, yeah, I got enough marks. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. What? So you? So when you were out of school, you had more of a no. When I was out, when I was out of school, it was long drive for me. to pressure. It was long for me. It was long for me. It was long for me. Because mum was always on at you. Get up, jump out. <laughs> Get up, Johnny. Can't sleep all night. Love, love, love. Sweat, sweat. <laughs> uh, but, but, but now. Do you have like what's your drive like now? Like, do you have more of an internal drive now? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because I don't care about what's going on with anyone. Yeah. Like, like, and so I don't know. Like, in, you know, in, I'd feel like, I, okay, I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll be brutally honest. I feel mm. like the experiences that I've had, it's very difficult for me to be normal. Mm. Like in terms of that uniform, regulated yeah, lifestyle. Quotes, doing air quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is normal anyway? Yeah, the fingers. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, in that sense. I find it very difficult to just do things because people tell me to, yeah. which at times gets me into trouble, like, like even at work. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, Jamal, do this. I'm like, why? What are you talking about? What's <laughs> yeah. that for? Why? Like, yeah. like, why do you want me to do that? Oh, come on, Jamal, we're the leadership team. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you're telling me to do nonsense. I don't care. I never yeah. had to do that in my life, in my regular life. The majority of my days on this planet, I don't listen to people that tell me to do nonsense. So, so you need to know why, what, what the purpose is, and if you see it's useful, then, then I'll do it because do that's it. the only thing that has ever been beneficial to me. Okay. When I, when we was doing things, it was oh, okay, what's the purpose of this? Yeah, and will it help attain and reach that goal? Yeah, okay, yes, okay, we're gonna do that today. Yeah, it was it's that like, simple. It's like you, you don't have time to waste. Yeah, yeah, I don't have time to waste. So when it comes yeah. to me doing things that I actively want to do. I can do everything on my own mm. because I, I don't. I don't need people like dillying and dallying or telling me it should go like this or mm. it should go like that. That's just extra noise for me. So mm. I'd rather just do things on my own half the time. Mm. Unless it's something like I don't do that, and I need someone that does that. Then cool, I know who to holler. But when it's things that I can do myself, I don't need nobody. But 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 is that when you say that comes up at work? I mean, does, has that ever put you in like tricky situations? Oh yeah, to... yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where do you work now? Like, what do you do? I work in retail. I'm not going to say where I work because yeah, people yeah. start showing up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I work in retail. Do you see it more as like a, a way to get money? Oh yeah, it just, pay, it just, it just pays the bills. Right, it just right, pays right. the bills. That's the only reason I work. Okay. I would work. Yeah. Like, well, you would work, but at music. Yeah, I would just do fit. Like yeah. if it, if it was like okay, my my house and my food is paid for. Yeah. Then yeah, I would just be working on music. Like yeah. I wouldn't have a conventional job. Like yeah. I would pay slip. No, 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 no. But he's been working like performance wise since he's eleven. Yeah, since I was eleven. So, so the work ethic and ethos has always been there. Like when yeah. I'm managing projects, often he would come in. I'd even sometimes you know, get his friends to do stuff and yeah. all the rest of it. So there's always been this sense of 
working because you want certain things. Yeah, we yeah. do things our way. Like, yeah. we work in our way. But, you know, as and when you need. But mm. I think, you know, definitely, like, that hustle ethos, that hustle mentality yeah. that is kind of necessary. You know, I don't come from well. Mom, yeah. mom comes from the hood. But, you know, I, li- I live a pretty decent life. Yeah. So make sure we're clothed, make sure we're washed, make sure we're fed. This is it. You know, and you also do a lot of running, don't you? I do. Yeah, Yeah, I do. uh, So it's interesting. The running came out of tragedy, actually. So I lost a really dear, dear, dear friend of mine, and Mm. you know, I miss him very, very much. Um, Mm. in the seven seven bombings. Oh no. Yeah. So I actually started running because I had this. I knew that I needed to put this energy somewhere, somewhere. I, I just had to do that and movement just felt like it was really good I'd always been kind of athletic and sport in school yeah. you know kind of done heptathlon and all the rest of it but I hadn't really done long distance consistently flirted with cross country mm-hmm. or flirted with every sport really mm-hmm. um, but hadn't really done it consistently and just started signing up for races and while I was signing up for races I was raising money for his foundation which we were putting together yeah. so it just kind of worked out really well and then um, Charlie Dark, who is the founder of Run Dem Crew, yeah. was... Shout out Charlie Dark. Uh, hey, Charlie. I, I, I did a couple seasons myself in 2012, 2013. Right at the beginning, um, kind of called me up and just had a conversation. It was just starting. This is 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was and, the first younger. Yeah. And were I was, you? Yeah. Were you the first? Me and Jams. Were you and Jams were the first yeah, couple? Yeah, we were the first couple younger. Um... And so, yeah, he basically came to my house with a pair of trainers and told me what the idea was and the ethos and was like, do you want to come on a Tuesday? I'm like, it really sounds good. At that point, it's really interesting. I was the only black woman he knew that ran because it was just a different kind of culture then. And it's changed now, but there weren't weren't black women from here running long distance. It just wasn't a thing that you did. Maybe shorter distances, maybe playing netball, maybe whatever, but not long distance running. running. No, at all. So, yeah, and then I kind of have always run when I've gone abroad and Mm -hmm, and done mm -hmm. things so whether it's like along a beach or connecting with another running crew out there and stuff like that so it's really become a real lifestyle actually I'm pacing now as well so that means I get other people across the line so I've done a couple of half marathons for different brands and and what have you so what you wear the backpack with the yeah yeah you know, two hours or yep. yeah, yeah, and the yeah. number. So the, cool. the yeah, the next one I'm doing is um the British 10K, which is the, the Virgin 10K that's yeah. going to be happening in the city, the 9th of July. Might as well shout out while yeah, I'm here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can sign up. It's going to be fun times. Um, they're going to be crew members pacing and stuff. It'll yeah. be it'll be nicer. There'll be a smiley face. I'm doing an hour. So if you want to jump in on that, okay. I will be there with my locks and my. Yeah. Yeah. My long limbs. <laughs> I need to. Oh, I need to start getting back on some ten k's because yeah, Hubby and I did um, when Randon went to Berlin in 2012. We did that. That was amazing. That half, and then um, had two kids. So here I am, clearly not running. But sometimes I'll go out on a lunchtime five k or something at work. But um, just casually, yeah. Work, okay, you know, just casually. You know what? You know what it is as well. Like what I love about running. Um, she says he hasn't run in ages. Um, is that when you do go back out when you already like put in the hard work before psychologically it's much easier because when you start running you're like it's a such a psychological battle it's like i don't think 
I'm going to be able to run for two hours or for one hour. Yeah. And you think, oh, my chest is collapsing, my legs are going to explode or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, once you know that, okay, no, it's cool, I've, I've done that before. Uh, like, we've signed up for the, um, what's it called, the big half in March next year. So we're going to do another London, um, it's actually going to be run by, I think, the London Marathon people. They're starting a new half. Yes, it is, yeah. yeah. In March, it's yeah. It'll be good. So I'm like less daunted. Like I'll probably start properly training around October, November. But I know, whereas last time it was like, I don't know if my body can do it. Mm. Now it's like, okay, yeah, I've done it before. It's cool. It's going to be hard, but it's cool. And I love that. And it's it's a, a mental battle. And you can transfer that that um, mental strength to other areas of your life as well, about your own capabilities. And that's something that Charlie's very hot on, isn't he, about running kind of, um, yeah, like transferring... Like, that confidence. Yeah, that confidence, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm scared with running, though. Are you scared? I haven't <laughs> run for so long. Charlie knows. Charlie's been trying to, trying to get me to come back. I'm shook. I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> you're coming back. You're coming back yeah, soon. I will. Soon no, come, I definitely will. I've started, like, this year. I was like, this year I'm getting fit again. Yeah. So my mum knows. She's seen me go. Yeah. yeah like, I've been on this calisthenics thing, body oh, weight stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Body weight And then um, I, I just joined the gym. So, so now it's, it's time. It's on. It's time. Scary okay. stuff. It's because he's looking for a wife, you know. That's yeah. really yeah, yeah, yeah. what it's about. Self That's self really self what it's self about. Self let's self let's self talk self the self truth. Self <laughs> self <laughs> self <laughs> self <laughs> self I'm trying to get out of the jungle. Very eligible bachelor. Ladies. Eligible bachelor. Pictures. 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 By like um, bigging you both up, so tell us how we can find you online and what your current projects are and all of that. Yeah, so I mentioned earlier I run a film club, and you can find us at www.caramelfilmclub.com. We're on the Meetup platform, so you can also find us via that Caramel Film Club again. Um, and we're going to be screening a number of films. I'm so excited! So Daughters of the Dust the next one and then um girls trip some fun with mm. uh yeah jada pinkett smith queen yeah, latifah and all of that kind of that. stuff yeah and then there's some huge films coming up like black marvel and all of yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff black, black panther black, black panther yeah. sorry yeah, yeah, the marvel, marvel film is what i mean i mean i think this year has been really fairly phenomenal i mean we've yeah. we've had meetups for moonlight fences hidden figures all of that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. so it's been a real opportune time in, yeah. in many ways to have that kind of gathering and community and also great for kids to come through and see that um have those role models i remember you mentioned the other day that it took you like a month to find a black action figure for jay when he was little oh yeah black action man yeah. i had like three white three white ones before i got the black one oh, i was <laughs> like this is so hard <laughs> That's crazy. why That's why is it so crazy. difficult and you know as a as a black parent you don't want to be like you can't have yeah. something to play with and animate your stories yeah so why is it so difficult for me to find somebody or a, a version of you? Yeah, it's insane. It, absolutely insane. mad then. But um, um yeah, on Instagram, where can we where can we find you? On Insta you can find me um all social media, mm. B Manzini, which is B E and then Manzini is M A N Z I N I. Excellent. And Jamal or Eclipse, I should say actually that if you want to find Jamal in his uh, musical life, you need to look for Eclipse. Yeah, so, yeah Eclipse with a K. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what's going on before I do the socials? Okay, Intimate Affairs 2 After Hours is out now. What's that, an album? Uh, it's, a, it's an LP. LP, okay. Yeah, um, nine tracks. 
Nice. For the ladies. For the okay. ladies. Uh, it's one of those it's ones. One of those it's one of those things. Okay, mommy. My mom don't listen to them. She don't listen to them. She don't listen to them. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, but, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, there. I've heard it all live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's seen me before. She's seen me before. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. But, um, yeah, that's on uh, my SoundCloud, which is just Mr. SoundCloud.com slash Mr. Eclipse, M R E K L I P S E. It's on the Bandcamp as well, which is Mr. Eclipse. Um, and yeah, we're just we're just pushing loads we're of out here. Music. We're out here pushing <laughs> loads of music. Uh, next confirmed show is July the twelfth, okay. two days before my birthday. Oh, so nice. it's gonna be a real wavy one. Jump at, off at birthdays um, in Dawson. Okay. Um, but yeah, everything to our Instagram, Snapchat, everything is just Mister Eclipse. So M R E K L I P S E. All right, so everyone go go uh, search these two wonderful people, add them, follow them. And, um, yeah, just, again, thank you so much for your time, for sitting in this hot, stuffy room. If you guys could feel how hot it is in here, probably yeah. like 30 degrees. We're in a sound booth with the light on and the sunshine streaming in, so they have suffered for you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank so, you for having us in the sauna. Yeah. I don't need to go tomorrow. I'm done. I'm not even lying. I'm in a best top. It's so hot. Anyway. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. Yeah, great. Lovely. That was a great conversation, right? It was, I'll tell you, to be there was even better. It was great. It was. We went on talking long after the, um, the tape cut as well, so... Um, yeah, it was great, great to spend time with, with them. Um, really quite a nourishing time, especially for someone who's just kind of, you know, starting out on the journey. Um, it's, it's just great to see such a success story. Um, so, yeah, that track was amazing too, right? I mean, I hope my children can write something so nice about me one day. Um, that's really, really nice for B to just hear that, you know, from her son. Um, so as usual, I will put all the relevant links to um, my guest's social media in the show notes and a couple of other things that we mentioned in the show, just so that you can go and find out about them. Um, once again, also, yeah, if you could just leave me a review on iTunes, I would love you forever. That would just be so nice. Um, I just don't want Ayana's one review there to be just cold and lonely by itself. So please <laughs> uh, leave it a friend. Um, and if it's a good review that's amazing if it's not a good review just email me just tell me you know don't leave me a horrible review because it will cancel out all the good ones uh yes so yeah and also yeah tell your friends because word of mouth is very powerful and um i always i know i personally always you know if someone makes a personal recommendation to me about a podcast that they like i always kind of um do make an effort to listen so that would be great if you could share thank you so yeah, I really hope you've enjoyed today's episode. That is all from me for now. Um, I'm going to be back in two weeks with another episode for you. So until then, take good care. Bye.